0: Hey, Purple Three Cap listeners, one quick thing before we start the show. There is a brief moment of explicit language. In fact, there's a single explicit word um, kind of a third of the way through the show. So in case you're playing this over the speakers around small children or uh, you are just uh, don't like that language, just so you know, it, this, this might not be for you this week. All right. And now on with the show. You're listening to Purple 3 Cap, your place for 100% biased, 100% Minnesotan discussion about your purple. My name is Carl Bates, joined by Quinn Jerkins and Nicole Prajapati. Well, the loss last Thursday saw the Vikings' playoffs odds plummet. We'll talk a little bit about that game, but of course, we'll look to the future and we'll break down the schedule for your Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers as we try to make sense of who will finish on top of the NFC North. Well, happy Wednesday, Purple 3 Cap listeners. I'm Carl Bates, joined by Quinn Jurgens and Nicole Perjopity. The gang is all back together. Nicole's back from uh, halfway around the world, so exciting to
1: have you back, Nicole. Yes, it's good to be back in our new recording uh New area. recording
2: studio. studio. This time we are improvising live, and we have a live studio audience. We'll see how much they cheer throughout this podcast, but I suspect it will not be much after a loss.
0: Well, yeah, speaking about cheering, uh, not a lot of cheering going on from Vikings fans after the game on Turkey Day. Um, Another win ripped out of our grasps, and the Detroit football Lions, who I still don't think are a very good football team, look like they're going to win the NFC North and move on. So uh, we'll we'll talk more about that. But, yeah, let's get into the game a little bit. Um, Once again, I mean, it seems the pattern um, has been that, teams get some movement on us early in the game and put up some points. But after that, um, our defense is able to really shut them down.
2: We're able to buckle down. We know what they're going to go to. It's Detroit does not have a very diverse playbook. It's it's fairly simple. And we allowed one extended drive. Everything after that was in control. And unfortunately, you just can't... ask the defense to limit mistakes to one drive
1: that speaks to what Zimmer has said since he's started as coach you know the first drives you know he gets a feel for how that offense um, that he's playing how it's working and then you know he clamps down once he learns you know how this is working live rather than on tape Um, you see it again in this Lions game that extended drive initially but then you clamp down the defense for all intents and purposes. They give up only 13 points. Which, if a defense is giving up 13 points, you got to win the game. And uh, once again, the Vikings figured out a way to not win the game. So
2: I'd say we're playing for a higher draft pick, but <laughs> we don't. Well, we kind of are. We of kind else. of are with our, our conditional pick, you um, know, in, in a way. In a way. In a way unfortunately. So
0: let's talk about, we had two big misses this week, one on the offensive side of the ball, one on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, We we were talking about the defense right now, so let's talk about Newman being out. Um, Do you think we missed him that much?
2: No. I think uh, Trey Waynes played very, very well. Uh, Carl, we talked last week about how Waynes is very good at stopping the run, and early on in that first half, he had just a fantastic pass breakup in the end zone that easily would have been six, where it was completely clean, he didn't have his hand on the receiver, and he puts his left hand in perfect position to just swap that ball out of there. And that's an all-pro Michigan State grad right there.
1: Um, The stats might uh, say otherwise. Um, I was only able to watch... Um, the highlights of this game due to me being out of the country, but, uh, the Lions are go for 10.1 yards per pass, 23 receptions, 232 yards. So, um, that might be a lot of fluff, um, when it really matters, our defense might be clamping down, but, um, if you're getting more than, I would say eight or nine yards per pass, that's good. But when you're getting up to 10, you're getting a first down every time you're passing the ball. So, um. Teams are at least this team, this Lions team, moved the ball pretty effectively against us. If you just look at the stats,
2: was it ten yards per pass or ten yards per completion?
1: Per twenty three for two thirty two, so ten f- per um, completion. Completion. Yes. How about
2: what was what was uh, Stafford's line for twenty three for? Yeah, one? he was
1: he was not incredibly effective. He was twenty three of forty. For two thirty two, one touchdown, zero interception. So, so when, that's when about it,
2: five and a half per drop back, and that's really what you need to look at because so many of those are going for zero, zero yards. Right.
1: I'm just I'm just saying when you when you drop back to pass and get ten yards, it's
2: when when you hand the ball off and get ten yards, that's also impactful. So uh, one thing I noticed with, with the
0: defense is that Adi Cole was getting uh, more snaps than he, he has really up to this point in time. Um, do you have any takes on that, Quinn, at all? Did you notice, um, you know, was it more rotation in the linebackers or did we just play it less nickel?
2: I think it was more rotation in the linebackers. As you see, Chad Greenway is getting old. This is likely to be his last season, sadly. And Kendricks, I, I just don't think he's fully healthy. Now, he did have... A tremendous play on third and short at the end of the first half, where they ran a swing pass, which nine times out of the ten, nine times out of ten, will get you the first down. Kendricks came out of nowhere, but you can tell that he's not as fast to the ball as he would have been in say that game against Carolina. So when uh, before you got
0: here, Quinn, uh, Nicole, and I were, t- were chatting a little bit, and we're going through especially the second half. Um, and the possession that the Lions had. And in the, in the second half, they went punt, 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 and then that last drive, um, besides the last field goal, but they had that last drive um, near the end of regulation where
1: they got the field goal. They really had nothing going. Um, so the problem, I think, the problem we had is that, okay, so so we barely win the time of possession. So we're we're keeping the ball, but we're not getting anything out of it. So I know there, there was one drive you were talking about, Carl, where we have the ball for, what, like five or six minutes and we end up punting off of that and like not even getting any points. Like that's usually when you have even we we, we actually win time of possession at 31-29, but um, when, you, when you have time of possession, if that's the type of office you want to run, you have to score points when you hold the ball like that.
2: Exactly. You cannot in any way fault the defense for giving up or forcing three straight punts. That has to be shifted to the offense. And if the Vikings front five cannot get any kind of a push in the running game, that just limits your ability to move the ball downfield. And if you can't give Sam Bradford more than a few seconds to throw the football, can't allow you to go more than several yards downfield through the air. Either. I mean,
1: that's what it boils down to, right? Yeah. Like our ever since our five and zero start, what has happened? Our offensive line has literally fallen apart. Um, you, you're hoping for days where Matt Khalil starting, and that's a disaster. Exactly. Right, right?
2: Like I, I remember one of the best Nicole Pradhopy quotes on this show was looking at Andre Smith and Matt Khalil in the Packers game right. turning around as both the guys that they were supposed to be blocking were just destroying Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at those guys' backups, backup. We bring in a guy who's supposed to play the rest of the year. He's also out for the year. So now we're yeah. looking at guys that are practice squad. L- level. Let's let's highlight, Willie Beavers. Yeah, <laughs> let's highlight
1: one, one of them in particular. Willie Beavers in the 2000... 2000- And 16 draft is rated literally the worst offensive line talent in the draft. And we drafted him. We didn't sign him as a free agent. We drafted this guy. In the fourth round. In the fourth round. And he's rated like consistently the worst offensive lineman in the draft.
2: Every player is rated from a scale of 0 to 10. Ten being a once in a generation talent. I believe the Allah only
1: Adrian Peterson. A- Adrian I don't Peterson think he even got was about that. an 8.5. Yeah. Andrew Luck right. was
2: about the only guy who's come close to a right. 10 in the last, you know, eight to ten years. Mm-hmm. Five is kind of typically your lowest pick. Like the low, like the last guy who's going to be picked. Beavers was a three point <laughs> eight.
1: Yeah. That's like you're going to not play in the league. And that's a fourth round pick terrible pick terrible absolutely terrible pick we we actually i believe cut him and then then had to resign him because we have no one left on this offensive line it's it's literally at this point picking up people
2: off the street just to plug just to field an offensive line so let's go back to august 1st and talk about the guys that you thought would be playing offensive line for you this year phil loadholt got hurt Retired. Jonathan Sullivan. We had to cut him. Great, great center, by the way.
1: He slotted in perfectly for Matt Burke after he left. Yeah, very, very yeah, serviceable he was a very center. Good
2: sender, but he very good center, but he's somebody who just got hurt a little bit. Right. And we had to cut him to make room for Sam and, Bradford's and cap he, number.
1: And he hasn't been picked up by any teams either. So his career for, again, all intents and purposes is done. Is too.
2: over. Uh, Matt Khalil. Out for the year.
1: This this is a player that was an all-pro his rookie season, yes, yes. and he's only regressed since.
2: Andre Smith out for the year. He's What's somebody. A, so serviceable. He was a solid, solid player. He oh, wasn't yeah. going to be a pro bowler mm-hmm. at any point, but he was solid. He
1: was going to be reliable, I would say. Reliable, someone that can b- block that right side. Well, especially at what his cat hit Exactly, exactly. And
2: we also even had a right guard from last year. Fusco. No, not Uh, Fusco. Mike Um, Harris. Mike Harris, Harris, yes. right. Who showed up and uh, is on a non-football injury list because he showed up to camp just with this unknown illness and hasn't been able to even put on pads this year, let alone play. So, yeah, I mean, that's... And,
1: And just real quick, we have Boone, too, we, this big money signing that we can get from San Francisco and he's been injured this whole year on and off going in and out for Searles. He just hasn't been the player that we were expecting. You know, he was supposed to be that
2: well, when he's healthy, he has been, but when you're that, no, no, that's that what much. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and then on top of that, now Berger
0: is out with a concussion. It's announced he's not going to play tomorrow. In the game against Dallas, so Nick Easton now will be coming in. But yeah, this let's... is the, this is the crazy thing. Uh, just just to go back to there is all this competition, and not just competition, veteran competition in training camp. A couple of veteran guys don't make the roster, not on anybody else's roster at this point in time. But still, there is a lot of depth going yeah, into this year. And it's like it's named... like they planned for it as about as well as they could uh, with the cap situation that we had, and it's still.
2: Absolutely, I,
1: I don't know if I could even name our offensive line at this point. Like, who is starting at left tackle?
2: Your favorite, Clemmings. Oh, oh. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ! Ah, uh, I, I hate that. Like, Clemmings could potentially be the best offensive lineman at this point. Like,
2: I got, I got goosebumps just. Ugh.
1: Yeah. So we have Clemmings, Boone. Is he injured? No, oh, if he's good. be playing. He's good. Okay. Clemmings, Boone, unknown Eastern at. Center. Harvard man.
0: So oh, inevitably,
1: great. no matter
0: if they've ever heard this guy talk or anything, any interaction with him, the the uh, play-by-play guys are going
2: to say he's one of the smartest players uh, yeah, in the NFL. For
1: sure. And then uh, who is Fusco at right um, guard? And then who's the right tackle?
2: Willie Beavers. Well, it looks like Searles is going to play. Oh, Searles oh, will. Yeah. thank God. And did <laughs> which you is, ever think you'd <laughs> say that? So, it seems like we've... Carved that turkey on the offensive line. So yeah, what I mean, do we so I mean, Mr. Bates. Yeah,
0: realistically, end all be all. If we had a serviceable offensive line, we realistically could still be undefeated at this point in time. Well, is that is that too far to jump for me to say that?
1: I, I don't know if we're undefeated, but maybe we're um, not six and five and second. I think we're we're competitive, maybe two or three losses, um, but. It's been a tire fire. Ever so, since I mean, you're still pilot. looking at a team that can make a.
2: Oh, playoff. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, this, this is a playoff team, and we'd be in first in the NFC North, easy. The
1: way the way that it's shaped out, if all things equal.
2: Well, let's round out our
0: discussion on the offense. Let's talk about Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford this season has completed seventy one point three percent of his passes, which is on re- on pace for an NFL record for the highest in a single season.
2: Yet, has he gone over 300 yards yet? No, I, I Maybe sure. once. I, I don't yeah. know.
1: So this is a stat line. It's uh, 31 for 37, 224 yards, ruthlessly efficient. Um, but Stafford at, ends up beating him in yardage. And then he goes zero touchdowns, one well, interception. And a quarterback rating of QBR, not the regular rating, with a QBR of 40.2. So... Despite his efficiency, he's not being very eff- effective, I guess. That,
2: that's a good way of putting it. Because if you look at where the passes are going, they're not traveling much more than two to five yards downfield. That curl route that got intercepted at the end of the game was just about the longest pass that he was able to throw, because that's the longest he'd been able to hold the ball for. Exactly. And I think at one point he hit 12 straight passes, give or take a few, and everything was just, you saw the stat line on it, it, they just said, completion, 8 yards, 4 yards, 6 yards. Nine yards, 11 yards. It's not and
1: effective passing. It's just efficient passing.
2: They they weren't able to. They had nobody who could take the top off the defense.
1: There you go. And take your 84 jizzies out.
2: Back home. But they didn't have anybody who could stretch the field, um, but, especially without Diggs. Right. Definitely missed Diggs. Yep. With Diggs, we win that game. Mm-hmm. But even
0: if we have somebody that can, quote, unquote, stretch the field, Can they even get further enough downfield in time for a a ball to get there?
2: There you go. Well, what what I would say to that is think about the Houston Texans game when Bradford hit Adam Thielen on a couple long passes where they were kind of like that inside slant pivot to a fly where you just need... A half second more for them to break into but the that's deep. That's the
1: problem. You don't have that half second with Willie fucking Beavers. Ah, oh, Jesus, <coughs> sorry. With Willie <laughs> Beavers and uh, Clemmings as your tackles, you don't have that extra time. Like in the Houston game, you have that half second more. But in in the in the games since, you don't have the time. You just well, don't have it. How about this? How
2: about this? Sam Bradford was not sacked a single time. That's something worth noting. Right. And that's the offense of coordinator, you know, planning for our Tailoring lack of the, the coaches yeah. are doing their job admirably. Mm-hmm. And thinking, the, thinking of the fact that we dropped back 37 times and only had six incompletions, nine times out of ten, that's going to be a win. Easy.
0: Well, that also tells you that the receivers are running routes well and having good hands.
2: Mm-hmm. The other thing that tells you is we have no running game to speak of. Right, And while we, we keep hearing that Bradford's taking beatings, what often is lost on people is the fact that you can say anything you want about Asiata or McKinnon not really being... NFL running backs or L- NFL starting running backs. But you always hear, okay, Adrian Peterson got hurt. That's why the running game's not doing no. well. No. It's, it's the offensive line just letting the middle linebacker walk through
1: Let's, but
2: the A gap and. Boom.
1: You know, they were they were talking about this, too, with Adrian Peterson. Before he went down, I, I don't understand the argument where people are like, oh, if Adrian was back, we'd be running. He was averaging like 2.1 yards a carry before he got injured. Like, it, the offensive line even then wasn't creating any push. Minnesota in this game goes 16 rushes for 82 yards, just barely over 5 yards per carry, but they've also added Patterson's 22-yard Jet sweep. Right. If you take that off, it's like a three yard per carry. Well, and a lot of That's those
0: ridiculous. runs were in the wild card, yeah. wild, uh,
1: <laughs> wild, wild wildcat cat yeah, yeah, yeah. formation. But like, if you take that twenty two yard um, carry away, you have about a three yard per carry average, which is not gonna do it in the NFL. Like, it, it just doesn't work. Um, Detroit on the other hand goes nineteen carries for almost hundred yards, so ninety four yards with about a five yard per carry uh average, which which is exactly with the offense the Vikings run, if they can get five yards a carry like Detroit did.
2: That'd be that'd be a W. Exactly. Easy. Because
1: our passing game is that short passing game. If you can get five yards on first down, get a little dink on uh second down, you know, you're in third and short or you have first down. So uh, so let me ask this question to you guys. Um, hypothetically, next
0: season, we have a real offensive line again, um, but Peterson is no longer with this team. Uh, should we go into the season um, or with Asiata and McKinnon as our lead running backs? You have
2: to address the running back situation one way or another. That might mean going out in free agency, and I don't know who's going to be there, um, and signing... Kind of like a Chester Taylor type, like we did in two thousand and six, yep. where it's a guy who's been a backup but has shown a lot of prowess nice, and kind yeah. of the, uh, kind of the receiving game, kind of the third down or kind of just getting like the guy- a
1: younger Matt Forte.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, just a guy who can who we know can be solid, just kind of a Swiss Army knife of a running back,
1: like sprawl like a sprawls type, maybe a little. Not not a scat back like him, but I I, I think we all know what you mean there. Um, but a
2: good pass catching back, exa- like a, a good ma- pass blocking exactly. back, somebody yep. who can do it all,
1: someone that can be McKinnon and Asiata without. And having that's why
2: back. I say Chester Taylor yep, because yep, he was the exactly. perfect example of a guy who had some decent power. He didn't have great speed, but he could move, serviceable. He could catch and he could block, and that's kind of what they should be keeping on the radar are guys who are backups for their rookie contracts but could kind of step into that timeshare role.
1: So um I know I've been sprinkling my stats in. Stats man um here and there. Let me just round that off here and then we can we can finish this segment here. Um a big glaring issue with us in this game, third down conversions, Minnesota goes two for ten. Detroit goes almost fifty percent, six for fourteen. Um, Our defense, very, very good. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits. So they're doing their job. Um, Detroit's defense, like Quinn um, said, gets zero sacks, only two tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. So um, the offense has been tailored to maybe help our offensive line a little bit um, so that Bradford isn't getting murdered every play. Um, Let's see. Our Pass catching, 31 receptions, 224 yards for 7.2. A pop, um, that's okay. And uh, Stafford ends with an 81.1 quarterback rating QBR. So you can tell there's a difference in the throws that he's making when when he's making them, even though he's just above 50% on his completion. And
2: the big difference is the one touchdown in comparison to the one interception exactly. at the end. Yep. And like the game... That was played here a couple weeks ago. These two teams, the Vikings and the Lions, are built the exact same. With a lot of kind of, short... their
1: offenses are yeah,
2: and and even the defenses. The Lions have a very good pass rush. Typically, you didn't see that as much because fair enough. uh, Bradford was getting rid of the ball within two seconds, but they have a good pass rush. They have a very underrated secondary and fast linebackers they're they're kind of built to be the same kind of win 20 to 17 type of team not the blow you out
1: and a a team that has to play from in front not
2: exactly yep
1: so that should about wrap
0: up our coverage of the detroit game certainly a disappointing loss a game that going into it 538 had uh pegged as you know the most important nfl game of the season thus far in which the playoff odds for the team that would win would shoot up to the high 70s, lower 80%, and the team that loses down to to about 20. So um, it was a a real make-or-break game, and it did not go our way. Coming up next, flag on the play, and later on we'll we'll break down the schedule for the Vikings and our rivals as we, we try to predict what is still to come this season.
2: it is time for everyone's favorite segment flag on the play and for those of you turned tuning into purple three cap for the first time it's anything that happens around the nfl that's funny stupid or just makes you say come on man so mr Prejopity, i'm blowing the whistle what is the penalty today
1: so my flag on the play is actually for the group of people that throw the flags on the play. The zebras. The zebras, What?
0: Yes. I've, I have a feeling you're a little salty about I something. I am a little
1: salty, all right? We're going we're gonna to take a little dip into the college football landscape. I know this is an NFL podcast. Do not say anything, Quinn. I understand that. We're going to take a little dip regardless. <laughs> The Michigan Wolverines were hosed by the refs in Columbus on Saturday, a game the Wolverines should have won. And now the Wolverines have fell to the fifth position in the college football playoff because of the refs. And why? Because we're employing part-time refs. The college game and the NFL game are employing part-time refs that don't do this as a living. So you have dollar store refs going and officiating <laughs> officiating these very very highly important games and they are ruining the fan experience, ruining the player's experience and making coaches blow up on the sidelines. So, my proposal is to have refs that are full-time refs. They do this for a living. That know what they're doing, that call a fair game, and prevent terrible, terrible outcomes. I know Quinn and uh, Carl also talked about it, the Arizona Cardinal game against the Vikings, one of the worst, worst refereed games that I've of heard of all time. Of all time, but the re- the refing situation in my mind has gone downhill since the infamous replacement refs in that Seattle Bong. that, that Seattle Green Bay game. I know we don't have replacement refs anymore, but something's got to change in the college game and the NFL. That is my flag on the play.
2: Man, so many flavors out there, and Nicole just decides to be salty. So my flag on the play is sadly on myself. Uh, For those of you longtime loyal listeners of the podcast, I am the commissioner of the Edina Fantasy Football League, the one in which all three of us take part in. We have ran this since uh, 2005, and I was just mathematically eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in the league's history. And this is after, when drafting my team, I declared it one of the best teams that I had (laughs) ever drafted. I also named my team 2003 to 2016 Marvin Lewis because I also have not won a playoff game in nine years. And that's after making the playoffs for the last nine. You have
1: followed
2: the trajectory
1: of the 2016 Marvin Marvin Lewis.
2: So, just saying... (laughs) Marvin Lewis, if you get fired, I'm sorry about that one. That was that one was on me. My bad. So sadly, I just got hit in the head with my own flag, which is very, very suitable for this season for Quinn Jerkins and the newly renamed deployments. <laughs> All right. Welcome back once again. (laughs) It's been a long day. Well, so it's time for us to step into the tent and... Look into our crystal ball and we are going to make a few predictions.
1: Okay. Before we go into this tent, this is not the same tent we went into right at the bye week. Nope. This is I had predicted our great Vikings go fourteen and two. Yes, that was me. That was a different tent that was insured for injury. So those predictions are gone.
2: We're in a different tent. We're in a different tent. We're opening some fortune cookies. We're having some premonitions. We're having some psychedelic visions. So let's get down to business. And
0: I, I just want to quick point out that uh, while you guys made very bold predictions, I somehow managed to slip by and not give a prediction. So,
2: you know, I'm, I'm looking pretty good right
1: now. Uh, that, that was very uh, tactful of you.
2: <laughs> in, in, in the words of the great Teddy Roosevelt... The only people who never fail are those who never play. So the Bull Moose has got our back. So what we're going
0: to do here is we're going to go team by team and look at the schedules for the rest of the season for the Packers then the Lions and then the Vikings and try to give predictions for how the NFC North is going to shake up. I I would say at this point in time I feel fairly confident saying that there's not going to be a wild card winner out of the North. Do you guys agree with
2: that? I would agree with that. And also a uh, bonus that I think we should add on is we're going to throw out the Browns schedule as well and uh, see if they have any chance of winning a game. There you go. So Carl, let's hit let's throw up the Packers schedule on the big board.
1: All right, well, I guess Carl. Uh, Nicole's got it. I'll <laughs> say Nicole. All right, I'll take this on, All right, so we have week thirteen coming up for the Packers, and just a really quick note: we're not going to cover the Bears either because they suck.
2: The Bears still suck. There you go. But they beat us.
1: Doesn't matter. Ugh. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so talking about practice, we have week thirteen coming up. The Green Bay Packers host. The Houston Texans. Um, I think the Packers will win this. And that's game, a Packer W. That's a Packard
0: W. I think the way Houston has been playing lately, especially their offense. I mean, Osweiler
2: just looks somehow. He looked like a good, like not not a good, but a passable quarterback. Passable, exactly. Someone and that could lead the offense. And and, and he has put up. Worse Are you talking in Denver or the Denver? Yeah. And and he has put up worse. And he's just looked awful in Houston, despite. The fact that he has a much better running game, and DeAndre Hopkins, you're not getting the ball to one of the most prolific receivers in the game right now. So yeah, I think the stat
0: is DeAndre Hopkins has uh, more catches than Julio Jones, but he has yet less yards receiving than uh, than David Johnson in Arizona.
2: That would not surprise me.
0: So I, I have. Oh, go ahead. So I actually this one is close to a push for me um what green bay has going for them is that their worst part of their team is their secondary and they don't have to face a real quarterback so i i think i agree i think it's a green bay win but i, I just wanted to say i don't see this being as one-sided as maybe maybe right. season i'd
2: say something like 31 to 20 here so a comfortable comfortable win there you go so uh um, they're want to know at this point we we agree here
1: want to know want to know um, they just to give some background. They are five and six right now, third in the NFC North. Um, so we have so a, one we game. have them at six. At six and six yeah, now. Six and six. Um, next, the week after that, they uh, host actually Seattle, and I, um, I have to believe the Packers win that one because they revenge have, bowl. Oh, they've been screwed by the Seahawks multiple times. Um, during multiple years, so they, ha- I, I don't see them losing that one. They're gonna wake up for that one for sure. And where is the game? In at Lambeau. So I, I think that's that's the biggest key. Is it, it is at Lambeau, and it's a revenge game. So I think the Packers will be able to pull. It'll be very close. I think though, very very close.
2: I, I see the Packers losing this game. I think Seattle is a very good team they're not riddled with injuries their offensive line looks completely out of sorts as well it, though it it
0: does it does they scored what five five was it just five points against
2: tampa bay tampa right. bay and but they
1: lost against tampa the
2: the confounding thing is the week before that russell wilson lit it up against new england that's what new he england. is though he's yeah.
1: a, he's an up and down quarterback i the the reason why i think the packers are going to win is because it's that lambo that's it That's all.
2: It will be a very close game, and the only team that gets those stupid luckier calls than the Packers is the Seahawks. Exactly. So I I go with Seattle. I'm I'm also going to go with
0: Seattle for just for the spread because I think I think most people would put this down as a loss for the Packers. Sure. So,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. so who do we got third for? Third for the
1: Packers. They go to Soldier Field against the Bears. That. Depending on that's gonna, I think it's gonna depend. Well, also, I think it depends on how that Seattle game goes because if they lose, their playoff chances take a big hit. And what are the Packers playing for at that point? You know, except for beating the Bears, but we we try to beat the Bears too. And Soldier Soldier Field is a tough place to win.
2: Jay Cutler has two good games a year, and they are always against Minnesota. He plays like garbage against Green Bay. I for me this, a is a, this is an obvious win. Well, I th-
0: I think even if Green Bay loses against Seattle, there's still plenty to play for in this game one because uh, as we'll get to, Detroit has a tough schedule for the rest of the year and two, I mean, for us our main rival is the Packers. But for the Packers, I think many Packers fans, I guess maybe it depends on where you live, but for most Packers fans, I think they actually have a stronger rivalry with the Bears than they even do with the Vikings. So, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a very important game for that team. I also I would I'd put the Packers down as well. Though, I think this one will be closer mm-hmm. than the first matchup earlier this season.
1: All right. So, it could be have... a Jay
2: Cutler last minute interception. So
1: we have a win, a loss and a win. Um, and unfortunately, the next game the Packers have is at Lambeau on Christmas Eve against our Minnesota Vikings. I don't see us winning that. Nope, at No, not so a chance. I think that's a can that's we an just easy gla-
2: gloss yeah, over that? Yeah. So
0: the good news is the Vikings have the potential to ruin all our holidays this year because they've ruined Thanksgiving, they've ruined uh, Halloween, oh yeah, ruined fun. ruined Christmas Eve. I don't. know, Did they play on Labor Day? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Probably not. But
2: oh yeah, I'm. I think well, we can agree that Bridgewater got I, injured
1: I, it, on like Labor Day, so.
2: Well, no,
0: yeah. we might have might have Peterson back at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, I, great. Still, but. I I would agree though. Yeah, this, no this is a win for the Packers. Yep. And, and then Week 17.
1: on New Year's Day, on the first of January, they have the Lions at the Lions, where that hail mary victory occurred last year. And uh, this will be a interesting game if the Packers ha- continue to win. Um, it could be a game that decides the division.
2: It that that's very true. Um, it always it will all depend on who needs to play for what exactly and i'm i'm going to put this down as and at this a, point
0: in time what we have them at 8 and 7
1: we have them at so they're yep uh, 8, eight and, seven. and 7 at this yep. point yep
2: yeah. and i i just think that detroit will still have something to play for i think they will have the division locked up hmm. but i don't think that they will have kind of the seeding locked up for the nfc so i think they'll Detroit will have something to play for, and I oh think they're a it. better team than Green Bay at this point. So I say it's it's a loss for Green Bay.
1: Okay, so that means that Green eight Bay eight. goes eight and eight, which
2: worst under the Mike McCarthy Aaron, Aaron Rodgers era. era.
1: That that sounds about right. Yeah, eight and eight, a uh, five hundred team. Um, we'll see how our predictions go and where they stack up. Let's move to the Lions. Um, coming off of victory against the Vikings, they go to the Superdome in uh, New Orleans. Against I'd boundaries. say that's. I think
2: that's a loss.
1: New Orleans is a weird
2: football they team. Are mm-hmm. they're
1: they play better at home? They obviously. do much better at home. Obviously, most teams play better at home, but they but it's play noticeably better. They play them. significantly better at home. Um, I tend to agree with you guys. I think the Lions probably lose that Cause
0: I think I think New Orleans is going to be able to put a points in this game, and I don't know. I mean, we, we've seen Detroit score. I mean, their ceiling has been about 30 points, mm-hmm. and they could do that, but I, I think they're going to have a hard time winning a shootout.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. It's hard to win a shootout at New Orleans unless your name is Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Aaron Rodgers. Yep. So... Who's after the Saints?
1: So, after the Saints, they have Chicago at home. I think that's an easy victory for the the Lions. Um, After that, they go to the Meadowlands to play the New York football Giants. Ooh. That's going to be a very interesting game because the Giants are probably going to be in a dogfight in the East.
2: They will be in, they are a playoff team this year, unless Eli Manning proves to be Eli Manning.
0: They are another odd team because they don't often pass the eye test, but they do have all the components that you want right. to to make a potential. They could be another one of it could be another one of those seasons where it looks like they'll probably get one of the wild card spots. It could change, but it looks like they'll probably get one of the wild card spots, and it could be another one of those deep playoff
1: runs yep. uh, from that from that position. I'd again.
2: say I'd say uh, the Giants win this game. That's- okay. At the Meadowlands, let's, I would agree.
1: Yeah, let's give the Lions. The loss there, um, Quinn. What are we at for the Lions right now?
2: Lions are currently eight and six.
1: Eight and six make that eight and seven. They go to Dallas the week after that. Um, there's no way they'd beat Dallas at Dallas. I
2: yeah. think it's going to be a closer unless- game than people think. And I think I think we could learn a lot about Dallas, but that's going to be a tough game for them to win unless unless Dallas is just that far ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because currently in the NFC, they hold the number one seed at 10 and 1. Seattle is the number two seed at 7 3 and 1. So they could, in theory, have home field locked up with two games to go. That's true. Though, in my book,
0: especially at home, right now, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to rest Ezekiel Elliott because he wants him no to break all sorts of records. But even if he does. You have Alfred Morris slot in, and behind that offensive line, he's still going to be very effective. I and don't that's think true. The and then even, even if they rest Dak or Dak gets hurt, now Romo is healthy, yeah. so you slot in Romo. So it's like, normally, when yeah. you start resting key players, it, it makes a difference, but so There's let's give
1: him no a
2: loss. A loss.
1: So that sets up a monumental showdown on that January 1st. You have an 8-7 and seven Packers team come in against an 8-7 and seven Detroit Lions team. And we at, l- and at who, Ford Field though. And, and who won? What's and who won the first so matchup the between first the two? So the first game, uh,
2: Green Bay won by seven. Wow. So we have already decided that Detroit wins that game. So yeah, let's, that let's keep it that way. Puts them at nine and seven for the year. What? But
0: what? that is a that's a tough schedule. It
2: there really are no is. G- there are no gimmies. Mm-mm. Except for that potential bears game,
0: but it's still a divisional matchup. Right.
2: right, so on to your purple and gold
1: purple and gold, so coming off that um just crippling crippling loss, we have the, uh man
2: you've got Dallas
1: we have Dallas coming to town again we're we're kind of like the Saints in that way that we've we've shown that we've played decently at home. Um, and, my, we'll, and we'll unpack this more in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but let's just
0: so we'll, we'll keep
1: more of our talks
0: to come. But yeah. let's just say win or loss, I would say a loss.
2: Yeah, I I'd also say, say, a say a loss. Say a loss
1: there too. Um, then uh, our schedule gets a, a lot easier. Um, going to Jacksonville at Jacksonville, I
2: say that's a win.
1: I have to believe that we ha- we can pull off one win against a very. A, a, a team that should have probably been better than they are. But, but they're are in not. total chaos. Exactly. Well, and especially, I mean,
0: we've shown now that, you know, we can beat a team like the Cardinals.
2: And the Jaguars are Arizona light. Yes. So who do we have after?
1: Then we come back home to the frozen tundra against the Colts. I think we win that game, too. I
0: do, too. I mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, Build some momentum. I think the, the common theme with both, for us in the games that we are going to win, it's us forcing mistakes right. from and the pressure Bortles we're, we're and bringing
1: Locke against the quarterbacks. are so, so
2: interception prone.
1: They're, they're vulnerable because they're, again, it boils down to their offensive lines that are just bad. So I, I think it's going to be important how we play against Dallas, uh, maybe build some momentum, and then we go, like we mentioned, to Green Bay, where that's going to be a, a lot there. there and then and then to wrap up the season we got the, our division rivals the at Bears. home and so right now what are we We're yeah what are we after the green bay game
2: um after the green bay game we would be 8 and, and 7 <laughs>
1: so, so that sh- that actually ends up being 8 and 7 Lions versus the Packers, who are also eight and seven, and then we're eight and seven against I would assume a hapless Chicago team at home.
2: And
0: I'd think we'd beat the Bears. So let's okay, so let's let's But here's the thing though, is we have lost too many divisional games. No, that's the thing. Up. That's
1: what I was about to say. We would end up nine and seven. The Lions would end up nine and seven. The Packers would end up eight and eight in Chicago. It doesn't matter what they end up, and but we would lose that division because we've lost to the Lions yep, twice. They have the tiebreaker,
2: so that's the key.
1: Why are we even recording this? Let's just go home and uh, drink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're not twenty one. You can't drink.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I, it looks like we are uh, nine, optimistically, hopefully nine and seven. Um, t-, t one. In the uh, division, but ending up in second place, Green Bay, amazingly, hopefully. ending up on,
0: ending up in second place because of two losses that we should
1: have won exactly. against Detroit. Yep, and Green Bay ends at third, Packers at fourth,
2: and the Bears at fifth.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the Bears. I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, Packers at third. All right. Bears at fourth.
2: Pull up the Cleveland Brown schedule.
1: I will do that while For I do a little
2: that, more, uh, a little something, a little bit more upbeat then. The Browns are going for history to be tied for the worst pro sports team ever. Just just in any sport.
1: As I uh in in a a season. In a season where
0: the Cavs did the impossible, they won. In a season where Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Indians almost did the impossible and won. You thought there was hope for the Browns, but no. No.
1: I hate Ohio sports so much. I hate the Cavs. Hate the Indians. Ohio State can go die. Cleveland is what the city of Cleveland... The Browns are what the city of Cleveland deserve. A hapless, worthless team who can't win a football game.
2: Be nice. No. So, Nikuku, what do we got for the next five games for Cleveland? I hate that.
1: <laughs> um, they uh, have four games remaining. Um... They might have a bye somewhere.
2: Oh, they are one of the two teams. That they won't lose?
0: Oh, is it this week they're on bye? Uh, it look, must be.
1: Yeah, yeah. It looks so, like they're on bye. So coming off the bye, they go um, against the Bengals. Um, uh, probably at, a loss. Cleveland with the possibility of A.J. Green coming back, too. That game. Okay,
2: so that should be a loss.
1: Yep. Um, and then they're in... Upper New York against the Bills at the Bills.
2: That that'll be a loss. And then, Bills are looking pretty good right now.
1: And then um, you got the Chargers that come to Ohio.
2: That that's doable. That is mm-hmm. not the optimistic. Charger, Chargers
0: are one of those teams that could can. show that up, but they yeah. also could not show up.
2: Yeah,
1: I I I don't think they'll lose that game.
2: Okay, and what uh what's week seventeen?
1: It's a loss. It's at Pittsburgh.
2: Okay, so. The only spot there I see is San Diego, and maybe and if, Cincinnati. If San maybe Diego's yeah.
1: coming to Cleveland and they're zero fifteen, sorry, zero fourteen at that point, San Diego is going to wake up for that game. They don't want to be part of that.
2: They don't want to prevent history. Exactly. All right. So, just real quick, do you think nine
1: and seven could back into a wild card spot? No. Okay. So right now
0: you have the giants you have the giants or dallas locked up as one of the two well, i think it's one of both. the two
2: like they're going to be a, they'll both be in the playoffs in the playoffs
0: so who who is the second wild card team is washington, washington? and that's and the thing lost we, the we lost to washington
2: and that's why i think there is you can't back is there know. anybody else really in the hunt Who's who's out west? Um, I think Tampa Bay might. Tampa be Bay, the next yeah. I think they're team, and then we so you are. You have
1: Arizona. Who's, no, it, it'd,
2: no be, out, it'd, it'd be it be Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Tampa. and then us. So there's no
1: one out west. No. Except for Seattle, and they're gonna win the division.
2: Yep. Let's pull up. Let's pull up Washington's schedule
0: just for yucks. Just for fun. Yeah, why not? This is fun. See if there's any, any reason to have any hope left. You know. So after we bring up Washington's schedule, um we'll we'll take a short break. We'll bring you our our double down segment and then we'll bring you a preview of the Dallas game uh, on Thursday night football, which I'm actually kind of excited bo- excited about. I'm going to the game.
1: Nice, All nice. right. All right. Uh Washington. Hit me. They're going to they're going to make the playoffs. Um first they're at the Cardinals and the Cardinals suck. Okay. Um, they could lose this game, but it's, I don't know. Um, they're at the Eagles. Okay, oh, that, that's, that. yeah. that's a tough game. Exactly. And then um, they're at home against the Panthers, who suck. Well, mm. see, all of these could be bogey games. They
2: could be. They could be.
1: But not when you're playing for something. They're hey, playing for a playoff They playoff. are
0: the Redskins, though. Yeah, they're they're are
2: a- eleven out of the twelve teams in the playoffs are playing for a Super Bowl. Yet eleven out of the twelve teams don't get it. Also, Kurt Cousins just saying you like yes. that, Nicole? Because I, I kind of like seeing Kurt Cousins. He might if there's a quarterback who can choke it. It could be Kurt Cousins who could, ch-
1: who could choke. Are you saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm saying. I'm oh, saying oh, he's, okay. he's capable of. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's a Michigan State guy. He's going to choke. um then they're at the Bears. That's a win. Um, well,
2: I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> I mean, you've said that for every game. And, then I, and I believe they're, it they're with every home, game. They're at home against the Giants to end the season. So, <laughs> they apparently, according to Quinn, are 50-50s uh, all the way across until the end of the not
2: season. Not 50-50s, but each one of those games could be a loss. But I if would,
0: they go 50-50, they still make it in out of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because what are they right now? They are? Seven and four. Are they really?
2: Yep. No way. Way.
1: They're 6-4-1. They have that tie.
2: Oh, I'd also like to throw my flag on the play on ties. I yes. think we may have done that earlier in the year, but that's my late flag on the play.
1: No, we've, we've talked about
0: that. So there you have it. We have our Minnesota Vikings finishing the season at 9 and 7 and missing the playoffs. Due
1: to many tiebreakers that we've lost.
0: <laughs> so, up next, it's our double down segment.
2: So, double down is when you are dealt an 11 and you see the dealer with a 6 and you think, damn, I could really make a lot of money on this. Dealer, hit me. I'm throwing down twice as much cash, and I know Nicole's flushed with cash, so what do you want to double down on this week?
1: All right, so my double down is if I was a GM for an expansion team and I had my pick of all the players
2: all the players that have
1: ever played in the NFL. Okay. I would take a all-star Hall of Fame guaranteed offensive lineman. You have to build your team up from the offensive line out. I don't care if you have a glam player, a wide receiver, running back, quarterback. I don't care. If you don't have a good offensive line, they're going to get killed. They're never going to get the ball. And you're going to have a team like the Vikings who can't win because their offensive line sucks so much. So you got to draft a...
2: Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Just like the Cleveland Browns did when they were an expansion team or a couple years after that in 2007 when they took Joe Thomas, the best offensive lineman in the NFL over the last 10 years, and the Cleveland Browns have had so much success. Sorry, Nicole, I showed a six. I had a king hidden under there. That was a 16. I hit, got a 5, 21. Boom. You got to build
1: your team off of a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. i don't care what you say the cleveland browns okay i'm also assuming that my franchise doesn't change ownership and have like 300 different coaches in the term of like two years and and not based in cleveland either so <laughs> so okay
2: so it's the you know what i'm saying though right year, i right? dig like, what you're shuffling the
1: year is 2002
0: yeah you've got a, a fancy new stadium the yeah. Reliance Rel- 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 stadium okay. And I know where you're going with this. You pick David yeah, Carr, yeah. who gets decimated, yeah, yeah. and his because career is effectively ended because he doesn't no have an offensive line. line. Thing, <laughs> <laughs> does does for example Joe Thomas, your new franchise? Does he put people in the seats? No, David Carr puts people in the seats.
1: So, yeah. so and then they leave the seats <laughs> when he gets injured in the second game. So and it doesn't matter. Regardless, you're not going to have people in the seats. Regardless, back pick in, an offensive line back then.
2: in 2002. The first overall pick in the draft was David Carr, and he was a bust, didn't have an offensive line. Second overall pick was a guy named Julius Peppers, fantastic player, still in the league today, future Hall of Famer. Third overall pick, off the top of my head, I do not know. Fourth (laughs) overall pick, the Buffalo Bills took the first offensive lineman who everybody thought was the cat's meow, Mike Williams, who exactly, he was terrible who the Vikings take in 2012? Fourth overall pick. Did they take a running? No. Did oh, they take oh. a quarter? No. Did they take an offensive tackle? Yeah. Matt Khalil.
1: Matt Khalil was an all-pro as a rookie. And he so was led Adrian Peterson, road-graded Adrian Peterson forward. Listen. In 2008... We had Matt Burke, Hutchinson, Steve Hutchinson, Brian McKinney,
2: Brian McKinney. That left side propelled us to the NFC Championship game. That was two thousand nine, two thousand eight. It yeah. propelled us. Jesus through. Quinn, you know, <laughs> the into, uh, you know what I meant. Two
1: thousand nine, the two thousand eight. <laughs> going into, you know what I meant. We we were propelled to the championship game on the back of. Three amazing offensive linemen. You need to draft an offensive lineman to have a successful team.
2: You know what they say? A team is built around a quarterback, but it starts with a left tackle. That's me agreeing with you, by the way. I was just saying that stuff to get a rise out of you. Does anybody else have that feeling that
0: uh, Cleo, much like Blair Walsh, is just a head case and he's going to go somewhere else and he's going to be back in the Pro Bowl? No.
1: Yes. It'd be classic
0: he's going to go he's going to go to the patriots he's going to win yeah, about five yeah. super bowls. Oh. Oh, yeah. Patriots Walsh. are the exactly. one team that could. Yep.
1: <laughs> Blair Walsh is
0: going to go to the Patriots uh and with the rule change of uh the the, the rule change of kicking through the uprights on the kickoff counting as one point. Does it? Is it, is it No, that uh, but thing? that's that's the news is uh, Justin oh, Tucker, Tucker and Harbaugh that, are, right. are pushing mean, for
2: that. Uh, but it, they'll they'll sign him for that reason and uh,
1: Yes, yeah, so that's my that's my double down. All right. If you don't agree with me, you're stupid and dumb.
2: Well, I think that covered all of our double downs. <laughs> See, that's why we need to cool here, is because without him, who do I get in arguments with? Carl, you just you just don't do it for me the same way to cool does. So that Nox. was Knox. That was there the the uh, the audience is just going nuts right now. Thanks, live studio audience.
1: We're in a hermetically sealed studio, so
2: with a live studio audience.
0: So that was our double down segment for this week. Up next. We'll bring you our predictions. Well, you've already heard who we think is going to win, but we'll go in a little bit more depth, maybe throw out some scores on what we, how we think the game tomorrow against the Dallas Cowboys is going to turn out. Stay tuned. Big game, Thursday Night Football. Of course, there's the question. Go back and national, forth. National Are we going to get rid of Thursday Night Football? The league has come back and said, no, we're doubling down. Oh, and, and saying they we love Thursday Roger, Night they, Football. They need to get rid of that. Um, Nicole, of course, missed last week. We listed our top five enemies of the show. Roger Goodell was on there. The um, and he's he's proving Rightfully his worth so. every week. But big game. I'm excited. Dallas is a great football team. Uh, what do you guys think? Do we have any shot?
2: No. Nope. But here's my wild card prediction. Ezekiel Elliott gets hurt.
1: Oh, I like that.
2: Quick, quick. I got to go pick up Alfred for my fantasy team. I already have him in one of my leagues.
1: Not the one that you're eliminated from, though, are you? Nope, nope. That one one.
2: I'm carrying Adrian Peterson.
1: Ah, waiting for the prodigal son to return. So
0: I'll throw it. I actually see this game a little bit differently than maybe the two of you do. I actually think it's going to be competitive. Okay. And here's why. I I think that while as we've talked about our, our weakness, uh, if there is a weakness on defense, it's our ability to stop the run. That being said, we're we're not getting gashed right. It's just a weaker spot, and I think we'll be able to trouble Dak a little bit more. And if we can get to him a little bit, we we could. We'll, we'll see how poised he is. Honestly, this will be the first uh, true test of uh his his poise i guess so to speak and a lot of the pundits have been talking about how great our secondary is and i don't want to diminish that but i think really the game comes down to how well our defensive line plays against their offensive line that is that will determine the game other other than how well our offensive line plays but so you got a prediction there carl I still think we lose. <laughs> you gotta so, score,
1: got score. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, we want to score 27 Cowboys. Mm.
2: so here's here's my take on this because I think a lot of what you said was exactly right. So Dallas has played the by far the easiest schedule in the league. In fact, it's been historically easy. They are the only team in the league not to have played a division leader. Up till, those, up till this point, and they may go the entire season without doing that.
1: Um, they play the Lions, so...
2: They'll get there. N- well, <laughs> not if we win yeah, and Detroit yeah, loses, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when you think of what Xavier Rhodes has done against some of those wide receivers, that's something that he's not as affected by a team as a whole as some players are. He can shut down Des Bryant, and... When we played Arizona, as we had mentioned a couple weeks ago, David Johnson's longest run was only 11 yards. So if we can do something similar against Elliott, we might be in decent shape. And I think our defensive ends are athletic enough that they can force a couple of mistakes. I'm not saying they're big pick sixes, but a couple of mistakes to maybe get our defense off the field, things like that. And if our offense can just put up a couple of points it could be it could be doable but i still you know what screw it vikings are winning tomorrow night at home 21 to 21 to 14 and that 21 will be one touchdown four field goals and a safety
1: all right Great prediction there, Quinn. Thank you. <laughs> My turn. Dun, uh,
2: the uh,
1: the Vikings are not dun, a good football team. Uh, the offensive line dun, is dun. terrible. They're uh, they're, dun, not, dun, dun, they're not uh, they're not they're not going to stand up dun, 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 to this uh, dun, dun, Dallas dun, dun, Dallas football dun, dun, team. Dun, 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 there's no dun. way there's no way that the Vikings can win, but. What you said, Carl, was important. We have a good defense. We have great back end, like great secondary, great defensive line. So the Vikings are going to lose this game, but they're going to score eight points. They're going to score eight points in the four four safeties. (laughs) 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 We're going to get eight points in four safeties and lose 24 to eight to the Dallas Cowboys dropping us to an even 6 and 6. 6 and 6. That's my prediction for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed my presence back in the purple three cap. I know I enjoyed being with Mr. Carl Bates and Quinn Jurgens. But that oh, yeah. that is our show
2: well, for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Purple Nation, we will be back with you and next week we will be talking about Jordy Nelson's enrollment scandal at <laughs> Kansas State. All right. See you next week.
0: What are you trying to get